welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. During worship, I was seeing some imagery about the garden and the scene where the glorious creation of man with God playing out. And then I saw the spoiler. <laughs> Let's say, call it that. You want to? Saw the spoiler come in, try to interrupt that intimate relationship. And I heard him just emphasize, told you you were naked. Because that's the wrong voice. Who told you? And so I love when that voice creeps in. Y'all want me to stay right here, don't you? That is so hard to do. I feel like when I was in high school debate class. It's very hard to do. What what I love about what happened that he was emphasizing today was he came with the covering. And so maybe you can just take a quick second and you can identify who's been telling you that you're naked and something's wrong. Is it you? Is it somebody's voice who trained you how to speak to you? What voice is that? Because he says, I'm coming with a covering. So I want you to identify that place, if that's you. And I want you to see Jesus coming today with a covering. And I want to see you let him cover that place. Any place of failure or shortcoming or disappointment or harshness or critics. Let's just throw a blanket over that. Will you let him throw his blanket over that and silence that? Because he's saying that in Jesus, my son, I'm the covering. So we don't want to emphasize why you think you're naked more than how you're covered. So I want you just to see that in your mind's eye and see him come and either remove that, take that, cover that, touch that, whatever that looks like for you. I'm just going to give you a few seconds.
not only see him cover that or take that or remove that, but see how happy he is to do it. So I just bless that place that he's covering right now, and I just release hope, release joy, and release nurturing. I release acceptance, and I release a restoration of relationship in that place. You're so good, Jesus. You're so good. You're so good. Our relationship with you is so important. You value it so much. So let's just breathe that in. Breathe out and let go the old. You know, today I wanted to talk to us a little bit since we're in process. And for those who are watching that might not be up to speed on what we're doing, um, is we are looking at... Um, boundaries for our soul and we're looking at um, how we have certain needs we have injuries how we put up protectors try to defend ourselves um, how we lock things into our soul and we say i don't want to look at that and then we reject pieces or parts of us and that's just not his way and so we're learning his way, aren't we? That's what we're doing. We're learning to say, hey, protector, why are you there? And then we're hearing what he has to say. And then we're looking at the part that he's protecting. <laughs> we're looking at the part that he's protecting. And we're kind of giving that part a voice. And we're bringing it close. And we're looking at it with him. And then all the protectors begin to fall away and all the pieces of exile parts begin to be reunited and then they bring the goodness of what they carry back to the person of us. So I'm just trying to summarize. Was that an okay summary? Did I leave anything out? Did I leave anything out? Okay. So one thing that I feel like we want to understand is um, 
the part of our soul versus our spirit. You know, in Matthew 26, 41, where Jesus says, your flesh is weak, but your spirit is strong. Your flesh has frailties. Your humanity has frailties. How do you feel about that? Do you love that? Fuck, I just need to keep hammering that home until we love that. You know, we always look at everything so negative, but there's a positive side to it. So, you know, your flesh might be weak or your humanity might be frail, but he gave you a spirit that's willing. And so since the humanity of you is frail, should it lead? Do you want it leading your life? Do you want to get rid of it? Good answer, y'all. We have made progress. Because I would say at one point we might have said, yes, let's get rid of it. Let's kill it. We're not trying to kill it. We're trying to understand it. We're not trying to kill it. We're trying to heal it. We're not trying to hate it. We're trying to befriend it and bring it close and say, hey, why are you here? I'm not seeing um, the good in you. Let's look at it. What happened? Let's talk about it. And see, that's a really good process. And so if the flesh or your human frailty um, is weak, but your spirit is willing, that is such a good thing, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, man, do you love that? Yeah. Y'all don't look like it. Yes. Y'all don't look like you love it. You're not convincing me that you love it right now. Do you love that? Yeah. What if you didn't have a spirit that was willing? Moose says that would be a sad day. Seriously, think about that. If you didn't have a spirit that was willing, boy, that would that would be sad. That'd be a bumpy road, wouldn't it? And so we want to love what the soul can do. Do you love what the soul can do? Man, I love what the soul can do. I love that the soul can um, think and and see and receive concepts and understand things. And man, he just received good ideas. And and I love what the uh, the emotions can do. Don't you? I mean, seriously, you don't want to hate your emotions. And in watching the movie Inside Out, I mean, don't you really enjoy that that God, I'm going to say this and see if you agree with it, okay? I'm going to see if, I watch your faces and see if you agree with it. God gave us the whole package of emotions. So when you look in that bag of emotions and you say, oh, I like this one, I, I don't like you. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. No, you need all those emotions. You need them all. 
you know, the sad is not negative. Angry is not negative. It's like, hey, I'm picking up on something's off. You know, joy is not negative. I don't have to convince you of that one, do I? You know, but don't we want to begin to love the package of us? We just don't understand it, really. We, we're kind of hating on it because we don't understand it. But let's, let's don't blame it because it's not bad. God gave you the soul. So what are you going to do with it? You're going to be a hater? Breezy, are you going to be a hater? Cheryl, are you going to be a hater? Are you going to be a hater? When are you going to start loving the soul? That poor soul. Just think. Just think if you had two friends. One of them's name was Spirit. And your other friend was named Soul. And just think, boy, mm, you just love Spirit. You just talked to Spirit. You hugged on Spirit. You loved on Spirit. And you were mad all the time at your soul friend. You're kind of hurting his feelings. <laughs> Making you feel like something's wrong with him. It's like God gave you that soul as a gift. And he gave you the spirit to help guide and lead the soul. You're just afraid of the soul. We don't have to be. Are you afraid of your soul? What's your attitude to your soul? Just think about that for a second. What's your attitude toward your soul? How many absolute 100% lovers of your personal soul are in the room today? Raise your hand. Couple. So see, we have a little work to do to make friends with our soul, don't we? And so that is the process that we're in. And I'm kind of hoping to change your mind a little bit that you don't have to be afraid of your soul not behaving or getting you in trouble. That stupid soul always gets me in trouble. You know, if that's your attitude, then you're not being very good to your friend. He said, man, I'm trying to show you stuff. I'm trying to drop ideas and thoughts into your mind. I'm trying to talk to you about stuff. I'm trying to uh, give you some emotion so that life isn't just so dry and boring. I'm trying to partner with you to have and enjoy your life. Yeah. So we want to change the way that we look at that. Because really, the places we're probably hating our God-given soul, the gift of us. Just, just put your hand on your heart and say, I love me. I say it again. I love me. Say it again. I love me. I love my soul. I love my body. 
I love my spirit. I love how God interacts with all the parts of me. Yeah, I love you, body. I love you, soul. I love you, Holy Spirit. I love me. I'm amazing. So you want to talk different to us. Because God gave you all those parts and he loves all those parts. And so, you know what's another thing that was interesting about what he was saying in worship is, is they were leading us about the garden scene was um, we have this mindset that even though God made man and woman in the garden um, to have perfect union, and then after the fall they needed the covering, what we, we tend to say is if we fall short of perfection that we're bad. Do you, do you say that? Do you do that? Do you act like that's your definition? If I fall short of perfection, I'm bad. Well, I'm going to blow your mind right now, so you might want to hang on to your head. So why did God say in Revelation that I slain Jesus for you before the foundation of the world? I see little tinker gears in your mind right now changing its mind. It's what I see in my, my spirit's eye. You understand what I'm saying? It's God's, there's, God's more relational than just perfect perfectness. He is not afraid of your human frailty. Are you? Afraid of you. <laughs> Are y'all tracking with me? Yes. Do you understand what I'm saying about we say that if we were supposed to be perfect, we, we beat ourselves up with that standard? And he's like, I never, this might seem like blasphemy to you. But I did not intend for you to be perfect when I created you. I intended you to be real. I intended on you to engage with me in a real way. And I gave you a soul to do that. And I'm not even mad at your soul if it doesn't do it what you would call perfect. So we don't want to live under something's wrong and we're a disappointment and he's frustrated and we're such a loser. Dang, we can never get it right. We got a human frail person we're living in. Can you give yourself some room? Can you find some joy? And exploring 
the expression that he deposited in you to interact with the world with? I mean, he's got more than 31 flavors. <laughs> like way more. Yeah. You know, there are so many flavors and expressions of him and you that are just like flowers popping up that are different colors and shapes and all kinds of stuff pollinating the world. That's who you are. And so we really don't want to carry that around because if he slain Christ from the foundation, was that correct English? If he had slain Christ from the foundation before it was even founded, then that's how powerful he knows who he is. He don't have a problem with you. But we sometimes we have a problem with us. He don't have a problem with you. I know how to woo you. I know how to flavor you. I know how to drop things in your path. I know how to give you divine intersections. You know, I know how to be good to you that woos you into, like Aaron was singing earlier, everywhere I look, all around. Oh, there you are, there you are, there you are, there you are. I know how to surround you with my goodness and my faithfulness. And so I'm not looking for you to be perfect. I am looking for you to bring all of you to engage with me. That's really what he's looking for. So just kind of do a little inward check. How much of you are you bringing to engage in your relationship with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit? And how much are you withholding or holding back? Who's 100? Bringing everything. If there's any pieces of us that we are not bringing, that's what we're talking about today, right? Are you with me? Is anybody cloudy? That's what we're talking about, bringing all of our pieces, right? So if there's some pieces that you're not bringing, why are you not bringing those? Ask yourself, how come I'm not bringing those? There's got to be a wrong definition in the way, for sure, doesn't there? I don't want to keep hammering this home, but if he slayed Christ from the foundation of the world, 
He's okay with your human frailty. He's okay with your weak places. He's okay where you're uncertain. He's okay where you struggle. So if we're not bringing all of us, then there has to be a bad definition there somewhere, right? It's kind of blocking the way. So ask him, what's my bad definition? What's blocking my way? When you hear it or see it, ask him, is that you? Then ask him, what do you want me to do with that part? Just tell him, I feel negative about it. How do you feel about it? Just look at that little part with him. How do you feel about it? Ask him, if I quit hating that part... And I open it up for you to touch and shine your light on. What beauty is dormant that wants to come to the surface? What's in there that's good, that's being hidden? Let me see it. Tell him, let me see it. And then lastly, ask him, show me how you feel about it. It's like somebody's trying to use their imagination to see it. They're rejecting it because they can't trust their imagination, but he says it's him. So do it again. Ask him. How do you see it? So what I'm hoping for is I'm hoping for you'll quit hating on you for one thing. Quit being a hater. Be a lover. 
that's the one thing I'm hoping for. And the other is we can pick up a new process. And if we don't have, even though we see well today, but we don't have a good process, we have to have a good process that we get to carry with us everywhere we go. Because life's always happening. And so I wanted to talk to you about that process real quick. I wanted to read you a little something that I was writing when I was thinking about today and what he was wanting to do today. Are y'all sleepy or can y'all stay awake? You're awake? This journey we're on to bring our exiled parts out of hiding can be scary. They are exiles for a reason after all. These are the parts we reject ourselves. So the thought of exposing what we've been hiding is a bit frightful. Have you experienced any of that since we've started this journey? The idea of allowing them to be seen can make us nervous, uncertain, agitated, or apprehensive. We've been hiding them after all. Aren't we comfortable with hiding the uncomely parts and offering to each other a safer, distorted version of ourselves? It's everybody. There's it, Nobody's exempt. It's everybody in the room and outside the room. It's just everybody, isn't it? Everybody. It's everybody, y'all. Do you want to keep doing that? Man, we want to really let people know us. And just the same way God is relational with us is that he doesn't only want what we would call the good. He wants it all. People love it all, too. I want to know all of you. I want to know truly those parts that you love and enjoy about yourself, and I also want to know those parts that you're struggling with. I want to know all of you. And so, you know, I don't like that. It's so shallow. We can, you know, we can only really connect to the parts that are really open. So if you think about how closed off you are or how many exiles you're hiding or how many ways you're hating on yourself or stuffed behind, and you think about how much of you that you allow to come to the surface, that's the ability to be connectable with you. Yes. What if we wanted people to connect to all of us? Yeah. Wouldn't that be exciting? Yeah. Man, that would be so exciting. While this broken system of hiding, while this broken system can make us feel safe and hidden away, it leaves us deficient and longing for deeper connection. Yeah. Yes. Yes. 
Have you ever said that? Nobody understands me. Nobody hears me. I'm not known. Well, well how much of you are you presenting? Yes. You know, I really try to, and, I, and I'm not super great at this, but I give it a whirl. I really try to, really try to do it. Is I really try to be vulnerable and honest. I mean, sometimes I may not see it in being choleric. So I may present something, and I'm like, no, that's not it. And then it's like, oh, yeah, that was it. <laughs> you know, but, you know, most of the time I really try to stay sensitive. And I say, oh, man, shoot, you know, gosh, I shouldn't have talked to you that way. I was really pressured. I'll call, you know, whatever. You know, I really try to be vulnerable. And I think that that really can make for a safe person. Instead of, I never have anything going on. You do the blame game or whatever. You know, that's not connectable. I'm just saying, why, if God loves all the parts of us, can we love all the parts of us? And can we bring all of us to relationships? So we're all just, if I had one of those posters with that popsicle stick, you know, somebody's face on it. We're, we're kind of walking around like that. With that face, but something else that's going on back here. You know. How this leaves us feeling disconnected. Must clue us in that we're hiding, and this is a facade. It's not really the way. This is not the way. There is a way. This is not the way. It's really not our best self. You know, when I'm, let, when I'm walking in the love of God and letting Him love my pace, places that I struggle with and my places that I feel good about, I really have a lot of tenderness to people as I'm interacting with them. If I'm impatient with me, then I'm probably pretty impatient with everybody else too. Where did we learn that it was shameful to be scared or hurt? It sounds like a life experience, really, more than something that you should avoid at all costs. How can you avoid that? It's time to go on a new journey, come out of hiding, and be replanted. How about that? How do you feel about that? You're like, eh, no. I'm going to keep mine hidden. Ah. Is that how we're feeling? <laughs> or do we want to just say, hey, you know what? I can bring all of me to God and talk to him about it. He loves all my parts. And then I can walk away and I can engage with people different. Yeah. I mean, it's fun, isn't it? Aren't you glad we're changing our process? Oh, gosh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad about it. It's time to tear down old systems and build healthier new systems of functionality and find fulfillment and joy. Agreed? Yes. It's, time. it's time. Look what time it is, y'all. It's time. That's what time it is. You know, Jesus, don't you love that he, re he loves to restore lost things? 
lost dreams, lost destinies, lost purity, everything. You know, and that's what it says about him. If you lose one sheep, I'll go get it. If you lose a pearl, I'll help you find it. You know what I mean? He's he loves to find lost things. Yeah. He's got, he he does, isn't he? Fun that way. He's so good that way. And so he also loves to find the lost things in you. I mean, he really enjoys that. And so maybe I'm trying to convince you today to quit trying to hide all those and let Jesus come find anything that happened to get lost with you and bring it back. And so we have to get past something's wrong with us and we're bad, we're a bunch of humanoids, and we're always acting like we're supposed to be something different. I don't know, I talk about this every time I feel like. But we have got to really embrace that we're humans having an experience we have frailties, but we also have the spirit that he gave us to be willing and to lead. So why don't we use that spirit to lead our soul to the altar all the time and lay out our pieces like we talked about today? Wouldn't that change your life if we did that on a regular basis? Instead of trying to make yourself better, trying to do different, or trying this, or trying that. Why don't we learn to present all of our pieces and lay them out on the altar and let him kindly and gently and lovingly and coveringly come and let his glory light shine in those places and wait there until he does. He will come and he'll set our heart on fire and we'll have passion to live again instead of living dull and living gray and living fake. That's an easy one to choose, isn't it? I don't want that. I don't want that. that was an easy one. So, you know, just kind of keep that in mind. I, I just hope we're depositing some things in us today that will stay with us when we walk away. Just say those things are going to stay in there. They're not going to get out. Holy Spirit, cause them to take root and grow and come to fruition in my life. In Jesus' name. It was cute. She said that like I did in my life. She was really repeating what I was saying. Well, here's the rub. How do we do what we're afraid to do? Y'all are so cute to me. How do you do it? Have you had any of those challenges in this process so far? You know, about, oh, boy, that's been way down in there. and I've been doing this thing for so long. You mean you want to expose that and look at it? I got to go talk to that part, see what's going on there? I got to acknowledge that? Well, only if you want to be different, yes. You can keep, keep doing the gray, fake, boring life all you want. <laughs> you can't. That's what it is. It's gray. 
How can it not be when you've broken off pieces of you and you've shoved it down there and you're hating on it? How can that not be a gray life? When you say there's something redeemable in that that's lost that I want to help you find, if you'll let me work with you to bring it back. For those of us who long to live authentically and push past our fear of being exposed, we must find a new safe place to hide. Stuffing is not a good hiding place. Kind of keeps popping up, you know, and eking out and oozing around, and then it'll go back underground. You know, you never know when it's going to pop up. Not the old fake hiding place that traps us in our pain, but an authentic, true, safe hiding place where raw vulnerability can come out into the open and be welcomed to be presented for truth, healing, and nurturing. That's what season we're in. Is we're, we're looking for the brave. Or we're even looking for the fearful that are willing to engage in the process. Yeah. <laughs> Bringing those pieces out, looking at them, talking about it, finding out why they're hurt, why they got exiled. Why did I shove you down there? How did you feel about me shoving you down there? If I talk to you and we heal you, then what do you want to bring to my life? I believe that there are two safe places to hide where we can safely let all of our guards down and be seen, heard, received, and nurtured. There is a place. There has to be. Or there wouldn't be a God. Any place there's hopelessness, then you don't see how God can come in. I'm going to skip down here to this one. Two places we can hide safely instead of stuffing, not looking, that process of hiding, different hiding. Um, I, I'm going to talk about the second one first. One of the safe places we can hide is presenting ourselves to a, a friend who's a safe person and can accompany us on our journey. Man, gosh, you know, if we can ever, we've said this a billion times, this is a new season, so there's something new to be found here. You know, Teresa used to say, remember a while back about, can you be honest? Which means, can I really tell you the truth about what's going on with me? So if you can find a safe friend that you can do that with, that's a really good place, a hiding place or a sanctuary. And we all need one. Ask him right now, Holy Spirit, who's mine? Could y'all hear that? That was my stomach growling. <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt you, but sorry. 
Did y'all hear somebody? Everybody hear somebody? Keisha, you hear somebody? Calandra, do you hear somebody? Everybody heard somebody? Wonderful. I'll have a scripture to go along with that, don't you? Proverbs 27, 9. Sweet friendships refresh the soul and awaken our hearts with joy. For good friends are like the anointing oil that yields the fragrant incense of God's presence. Yeah, you're not going to find that on your own. That's a really good hiding place. So as we're, we're determining to come out of hiding with those parts that we've been hating on and bring them out in the open and talk with them, share them with people, bring the real us, start to bring the full us then that's going to be really a, a key component. There's those sweet friendships that bring the anointing all of his presence when you're in a friendship like that. What do you think the number one thing, safe hiding place would be? What did you say, Colleen? She gave me the... She, up. She went up. <laughs> Okay, if that's who you, you say is the safe place, are you hiding yourself in him? If you knew the answer, are you doing it? Is that what we're doing? We're taking those places that make us afraid or scared or embarrassed or humiliated or don't want to look at, and we're bringing them to him. Is that what we're doing? All the time? So we have nothing hidden in us at all. So we could do that some more, right? So yeah, I'm trying to convince you to have a new hiding place. We need a new hiding place. Um, I'm going to just read you a couple of scriptures here. Exodus thirty three twenty one. Look. There's a place next to me, capital M E on the rock where you can stand. And while you're standing here, my glory is going to be passing by. And you're going to be in a large crevice. Of the rock, and I'll hide you there. Hey, you know what? If Jesus is covering you, then he's not condemning you. I'm not trying to pour my life out over you and hide you and pour myself out over you and then judge and condemn you at the same time. I'm trying to lay my life over those painful places and bring restoration, not condemnation. So it's a really good hiding place right there. You already have the invitation. That's cool, isn't it? I love that.
standing on the rocks. That's why you have security. That place will never go away. Here's another one. I like this one too. Psalm 9, 9 and 10. When my people are suffering and crushed by the weight of trouble, the Lord is a refuge, a safe place they can run to. Lord, those who know your name will put their trust in you and come to you for protection. And when they come, you will always be their help. So he's just saying, you know, and we're acting like, you know, he's going to shame us and condemn us and all kinds of stuff. So we just only bring him this. And you're like, no, bring me all of you. 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 And so, see, that's a really good process. If we have kind of gotten away from that a little bit, that's a really good process to get back to. Man, whenever I see something or I find some pain, not shoving it down and not ignoring it and hating it and saying, don't show your face, you know, putting your foot on its neck. Why don't you take your foot off its neck? Why don't you help it up? Why don't you say, man, you know what? We could be really good together, you know? <laughs> Aaron liked that. Yeah, we could be really good together. you got something to offer, but you're just in pain. I'm sorry I haven't known what to do with your pain. But you know what? Let's go to this safe hiding place. Let's hide ourselves in there. Let's see what he'll say. Let's see what he'll do. That sounds like a little better process, don't you think? And then we start to get the sludge out. We start to get authentic. We start to get all the parts of us back together, and we start to live more full. This we know, but I'm just saying we, we want to practice this new process if we've gotten away from it. How do y'all feel about that process? Does it feel as scary? I mean, you could even think about something that you know that you might not like. It's like, oh, gosh, I don't know if I really want to deal with that or not. But, you know, I know that it's important and it matters. And so does it feel safe that you can do that and it's a little bit better than maybe what we have been doing? You know, just keep in mind that he's not trying to pour his life out and cover you and nurture you and minister to you and be available to you and invite you to come close to hammer you and condemn you and to break you down. No, he's saying, man, it is brutal out there. Run to me. Run, run, run to me. And so that's about really all I have, so no long to belabor that. So let's do let's do this surrender. We just thank you for 
the reminder that there is a safe place and that all the parts of us are redeemable. Wow, that you love every part. Just say you love every part. You love every part. And so I bring every part to you. Thank you that you've provided safe places for me to find healing and nurturing and wholeness. So in this season, I purpose to do these things you're saying and to run and to present and to lay all my parts of my life out on the altar before you and ask for you to come again and touch them with your fire, with your love, with your heart. Yeah, yeah. You say, touch my parts, each one, with your fire. Just tell him, just take a little second, just tell him how, how much you're looking forward and how grateful you are that he made a place for you. Bless, I bless our souls today. You say, I bless my soul. I'm sorry I've been so hard on you. But now I can see how worthy you are. So I bless you. So Papa, I bless what you're doing today. I bless this journey that you have us on. We're so thankful that you take us out of old places and you bring us into new places. Thank you for the hope of the beauty and the glory and the, and the horizon of things that are dawning in our lives just because we're partnering at this process with you. And so I just bless what you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com. Okay